button talking. is pressed. And Let's so talk movies. We're talking movies. <laughs> We're talking movies. Da, 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 da. Movies, movies. I love wow. our, I love our theme song. It's it's my favorite time. <laughs> I, I think it's important to let people know what we're about. Yeah. We're about movies. <laughs> we're about movies, Kyle. For sure. Kyle's in, Kyle's in Utah. I am. I, I don't know if I should let his creditors know that. Well, maybe may, not. Some of them may be listening. I don't think they listen, but may, but you know, if they're so. doing their due diligence, so. if they're investigating, maybe. maybe. But Utah's a bit. Utah's a big state. <laughs> Utah's a big state. I don't big, think that's big enough, enough information big enough. by itself for them to find you. <laughs> so we're not in the same place. We we all know about my hatred of recording on Zoom. Yes, but, yeah. But we haven't given you all, our, our fans, an episode in a few weeks. We fell into a terrible malaise after Barbenheimer. We couldn't help it. I the, know. The movie, the movie event of what's bigger than a millennium? What's longer than a millennium? A deca millennium? What's 10,000 years? Does that have a name? <laughs> I don't eons, know. Eons, the eons, the, yeah. Since this age, this age, which apparently, um, thanks to uh, thanks to the emission of uh, carbon uh, gases, may be coming to an end sooner than we would like. This age of human existence may may be wrapping up. Uh, so maybe we'll get a new age that can have a new Barbenheimer. But uh, up till now, to this point, that's the biggest movie event ever in the history of, of cinema. <laughs> I, I suppose it, we, so. we were so depleted. We were so depleted after that. Plus, Kyle moved. That was pretty big, or he's in the process of moving. Yeah, you yeah, because like you're done. You're done. Yeah, it's essentially done. Yeah, because like right after we did that, uh, you 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 left for for a brief period of time. As soon as gone. you were back, we were moving. Like we were in the yeah. midst of hosting and and moving. And uh, now I'm in Utah in this in what is essentially you know we still need to wrap up a move, but it's a I think it's the only thing we need to move, and it's always the hardest thing is the fridge. And uh, that that's fucking fridge. <laughs> it's so nuts that apartments don't just come with fridges. They don't. They is, just don't. It's the only place I've ever lived where your apartment didn't just come with a fridge. Yeah. This is the standard in every other place. I'm sure there are apartments in the world other than in Los Angeles that don't come with fridges. But in Chicago and D.C., I never moved into an apartment that didn't just have a fridge that was just part of the You just the left deal. it. Yeah, you just left it there. And it had, had this new apartment had a fridge i would just have left the old one you know yeah. but uh but we're well, taking it else. yeah you gotta have a fridge you gotta <laughs> we, have a fridge we do yes it's funny I'm a, I'm a new homeowner right and um our garbage disposal just broke and it's you know it's you don't need a garbage disposal i'm not even sure garbage disposal is like a useful thing ultimately i think it might be a net negative in my life <laughs> it's like you want it if you have it you want it to work right but i would say a, a refrigerator less um much less superficial than a absolutely, system. absolutely. You know, even though when these things break, it causes me frustration out of some I don't know obsessive need for things not to break. So we're talking movies. We've seen movies over the past few weeks. We've seen some. I don't know how many of the same movies we've seen. That's what I was Maybe. just telling Katie. I was like, I I think we, there's a bunch of movies that have come out in August. We're in the like the one of the doldrums, like one of the yeah. This gaps. is a late summer. This is a late summer post Barbenheimer hangover. Uh, episode. That's yeah. what we are. We're just we're lost. We we walk into the multiplex in a daze. There are not so many people there. I, now that I live in the South Bay, I was at the movie yesterday with uh, five ancient people. Just me in the theater, and five just <laughs> nobody could have been younger than seventy years old yeah. outside of me. And uh, that's who goes and sees the movies when I go and see the movies in the middle of a weekday. So, so what did you see then yesterday? 
I saw I saw a landscape with invisible hands. Okay, so we we have both seen that. Okay, okay, so we can talk about that. Yeah, <laughs> we both seen Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. I'm sure we, we can talk a little Teenage bit Mutant about Ninja that. Turtles. You saw shortcomings. Uh, I saw passages. I think we can make little remarks about that. So, and then anything? Did you see anything else that you liked or that you hated? Liked or hated? No, or you know, even I felt malaised or no. I different so, towards no. I I really loved passages. I I thought that was that that's in my top ten of the year okay, right so, now. So, so, so tell me about passages. Tell me about passages. Yeah, and I think you would particularly yeah, like it's got this. Sex. It's, I I wanted to go see it. Why why they were just showing it at one theater? I'm annoyed with or no it, two and, theaters far it, away from me. Yeah, it has expanded and it's starting to expand a little more. Uh, but yeah, it started at the New Art. But I ended up getting to see it at the Lemley in North Hollywood. Yeah, and you're closer you, to the white hot center of movies now. I've moved one. Uh, concentric circle away just a little bit slightly less movies oriented place it is amazing that the the further you get from like that core epicenter of los angeles no matter what state just just there or new york it depletes your options like i'm still i'm still in los angeles i'm still in los angeles my address is a los angeles address but i'm in the far the far reaches of southern los angeles yeah yeah so so yeah i mean i i know i'll enjoy this movie because it's about sex and I'm, well, it's, I'm the I'm one of the top tier pro sex advocates yes. of, in films. Well, I'm always wanting more sex. Well, and I th- I think it's inventively titled. It's directed by Iris Sachs, uh, who's done done some fine work in the past, but nothing like really substantial in my opinion. Um, like L- Little Men was pretty good. Love is Strange is okay. Uh, Keep the lights on is quite good, but. Um, Passages I, I had known Iris Sachs and I was like, well, this this could be good. And I kept getting a lot of uh, because I follow Mubi uh, and I think it's Mubi uh, either released or uh, produced or distributed, whatever it is. I, I just kept getting an onslaught of advertisements for it, and I mean, they were like, it's real sexy, and it, and I was like, well, I mean, I'm not against sexy. I know Ben's very pro sexy. I'm definitely not against sexy. And uh, I like Ben Wishaw, who's who's one of the stars in it. I really do like Adele Exarchopoulos, who is uh, who who's one of the actresses in Blue is the Warmest Color. But I, you know, she's been in movies since then, um, and she she's always very captivating, very beautiful. Uh, and I, I knew a little bit about uh, the other actor, Franz Rogowski, who's got a very I think he's German, very interesting accent, very particular. It might be a mixture of two accents come together. So I knew about all these pieces, and so I was interested in passages, but I walked out being really captivated by it because uh, it's inventively titled because it really is it's not about sex, really, although sex is part of this. It's about the transitory ideas of relationships in between moments uh, where it's kind of like purgatorial where something is ending but not yet ended and you're starting something anew with someone else and it's in the the kind of the messy in between of those moments and how they define us and where where we are kind of shifting and meandering and so uh, uh Rogowski plays Thomas uh who is a film director uh European film director who who's orientation of self and consideration is of self i mean he is the gravitational pull of his life i mean he literally at one point in an argument and conversation with his partner played by ben wishaw 
is like eclipsing him, which is such a great like it, it was such a great tool of the camera to show their dynamic and his consideration of his partner. Um, so he is in a gay relationship, uh, 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 and not just relationship. They are husbands. Uh, they they are married. And he, after a shoot, you know, gets a little erratic, gets a little experimental, and he sleeps with a woman. He never slept with a woman before. And now all of a sudden, he, she is his fixation. She is his obsession. And it, <laughs> it yeah. It's it, like, that's a great inversion of the old trope where. Yeah. You, of people being secretly gay and just trying to avoid having sex with another man, trying to avoid having sex with another man because it's going to be too good. Yes, exactly. Right? It's sort of it's sort of a hilarious inversion of the, that old. I d- I do ball. like it. Yeah, no, it, it's it's great, and it and it twists this kind of love triangle in it, it like refracts it and it bends. And I won't give too much away because I do want Ben to see it. I actually want people to see it because I actually think uh, a lot of the turmoil of watching it, and it, it is hard to watch. It's hard to watch a character like Thomas. Like he is. Kyle loves a hard to watch movie. I do. <laughs> Mr. Blonde over here. He loves a tough sit. He loves a tough sit, this guy. I really do. I, well, Don't bring him any breezy movies. Don't bring him any breezy 90 minute romps. Well, and I can appreciate those, but really, this is what don't send this guy me. to Strays. Actually, Strays probably is a tough sit, but a different way. I haven't yeah. seen it, so yeah. I can't. I, I know, don't no think I don't think that movie will rise above its gimmick, uh, which uh, is is very fr- frustrating to watch. Yeah, it, I mean, it would be hard to think that there was something better than like whatever's in the trailer. Oh, for sure, something like that. I assume the trailer has all the funny jokes. Yeah. Some of which are legitimately funny, although even then, not super funny. I mean, yeah, they take drugs and things look weird. Okay. I, the only thing I did laugh at was that cool. they're like a puppet. When they see each other, they're like animation and a puppet. You know? Yeah, that's a funny idea. That's it's a funny, a funny idea. idea. Yeah, but nothing beyond but that I, don't know I, if, I can't see. I don't know if it's uh, enough to get me to, to Cineplex. No, not at all. With the, with the octogenarians. Yeah, no, absolutely not. Um, so I do highly recommend Passages because when you watch a character like Tomas, who is he like, and and it's it's hard to do that kind of performance. It's hard to be captivating and unlikable. It's hard to do that balance. And I think Iris Sachs understands human complexity in a way that a lot of movies don't like human maturity. I mean, we talked about past lives this, this year, and that's another movie, not as hard of a watch, but it is, it's, it's mature and it deals with people in a way that is recognizing that we are not kind of defined by simplistic ideas that movies typically orient us in and passages, you know, maneuvers through that world and uh, I was gripped by it. I was I was uh, uh, hurt by it. Like I was to watch these characters, the, the the side characters that he just is manipulating, and and manipulating is the right word for it. Uh, emotionally manipulating, physically manipulating them. Um, it's hard to watch. Luckily, the two of them escape his gravitational pull uh, ultimately. But it, it, and then it leaves it open in the air. Like does it? Like what? What will happen? Um, ambiguity is really strong in the movie, but, uh, it is, um, it's a great film. I, 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 it's very subtle. It's very mature. It's not flashy. And it really gets to the heart of something, uh, about the human condition that, uh, I, I appreciated. So I, I think you, I would definitely recommend that too, if it finds its way close to you. 
Well, I'm sure it'll find its way into my television uh, at some point. <laughs> For right? sure. If I don't, if I don't uh, get to see it. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely sounds like something I would enjoy or get something out of. I yeah. definitely wanted to see it. I'm glad you saw it. It's. Uh, I and, should uh, say to uh, people out there, it's rated NC-17. Um, Whoa, that's exciting! I like but, that. That's but it's. But here's thing. the thing, Ben. That it's only because it has a a, a semi-explicit gay sex scene that ulti- ultimately would if if it was hedro would not have received an NC17 rating. Ooh, MPA doing uh homophobia. I, doing I, homophobia. Let's call them out. Yeah. Let's call them out. Let's call them in. Let's, let's call, call them, them in. Up. Let's get get, let's get in someone here. on let's get someone on the pod. <laughs> Whoever, I mean I don't even know. I don't even know what you do. I'm assuming they don't talk to people because they don't want to be assailed. Yeah, that's I true. mean I, I mean honestly it's so funny, right? The NC-17 thing that used to be such a black mark. I remember there was yep. a huge fight around one of my favorite movies growing up, Clerks. They wanted to rate Clerks in NC-17. Yeah, that's right. It could have even been X then. I don't know if it was still X. Based only on language, right? That's the craziest thing. Based only on having foul, explicit language, yeah. which is sort of wild to think about at this point in history, which I don't, I don't think that fight would happen today. And they fought it, and I think Alan Dershowitz was involved at one yes. point. Yes, yeah, that is true. But... Uh, you know, they eventually were able to win that battle. It used to be such a black mark. I feel like for an indie like this, it might actually be a marketing strategy. At this it point. could. I don't, think it a lot could. Of, I don't think a lot of 14 or 15-year-olds are out there trying to see this movie at whatever art house cinemas it's playing at. I remember when they used to release movies just unrated. They would just, be, just say, you know, oh, whatever, fuck you guys. We're yeah. just unrated. Who knows what this is? Yeah, exactly. This is a black box. We're not going to tell you. Maybe it's too hot for NC-17. Maybe it's triple X. We don't know, right? I do think I it is a marketing. That was a thing for foreign films or... I mean, I'm guessing they didn't care. They clearly didn't care enough to go back and recut it to no. get it down to R, which they could do. That happens all the time, right? Well, they send you your rating and you can send them a new tamed down version. I, yeah. I seem to remember Team America doing that over and over again until they relented. I, that's another <laughs> NC-17 R story I remember. It's just them just sending them... A cut after cut after uh, cut. I think it was Team America. Yeah, Team America is one of them. I to talk about a movie in theater experience that I will never forget is watching Team America, Team America World Police uh, in the high, your school, mom? high school. High school. Your mom? No, I, I was old enough. I was old enough to go. I was in high school, and I I just had the time of my life. It was so funny to me. Like. Honestly, I mean, I remember enjoying it. I haven't seen it, I think, since it was released. I don't know that I've revisited it. I've never seen bits and pieces of it on TV while someone was watching it or flipping through. I don't think I've ever sat down to watch it end to end. I like the South Park guys. I mean, they've had a lot of they've had a lot of iterations. I don't know that I would um, side with them on every last point, but I, you know, we talk about this a lot. I respect people who put work out there. They keep putting work out there. It's not all going to be good. You make that many episodes of anything, it's not all going to be good. Yeah. It's kind of amazing that anything like South Park is still ever good, right? I mean, you look at something like The Simpsons and you think, well, geez, I mean, how long has that been around and I how will, many, yeah, how many years is it off being truly great? Yeah. Right? Although I, I do occasionally catch it. I do think even recent Simpsons gets a bit of a bad rep. I occasionally catch a new episode and think, well, that, that's funny. I mean, uh, that's to be still fair, more interesting than a lot of things I I could yeah, watch today. Yeah. To be fair, I haven't seen an episode of The Simpsons. I think in over seven, eight years. So I've I've missed a decent chunk of what is could because I I lost a little bit of interest. I should revisit I mean, it. So much. Yeah. There's so, so much. much. I I heard one of the. 
I don't, I forget if it was Harry Shearer or one of those guys being interviewed. No, I think it was just one of the writers. I forget who. And he was joking about coming up with new ideas. And at, at some point he said, all of the Simpsons, including, uh, including Maggie, have been sent to prison at this point. Just in terms of how many ideas you have to run through <laughs> at this point. At this point, they've all been sent to jail. I mean, how many more things can we do to these yeah, people? Yeah, exactly. You know? Exactly. So it's, it, is, it is a challenge when you think about creating that much content. Although points for longevity, right? What, for sure. What can you say? For sure. So... So I saw Shortcoming. Yes, this is a movie uh, I wanted to see um, because I like Randall Park as an actor, and that's I, right. And and his his first, I mean, it looks like he's directed some TV shows and been yeah. involved in directing some other projects, but this is his first real feature movie that he's directed. A great and prolific actor. He's got like a hundred fifty acting entries. He's, yeah, he's he. At Randall Park is one of the preeminent like representations of like asian culture on camera and uh he's he's done great work he's yeah, he, comedic he, he, he work also, and dramatic he's also work. one of these character actors that you immediately recognize him even if you don't know his name 100 you don't know exactly who he is because he's just been in so many things yeah. right at some point he's just done so much work so respect to him it's also written by adrian tomine the the graphic novelist and cartoonist um he's written a number of graphic novels he's also famously a a regular contributor to the New Yorker is a very distinctive yeah. style. A guy whose work you've probably seen, even if you don't know who he is. Great sort of clean line work. A very distinctive uh, cartoonist writing a screenplay. Now, one of my favorite movies of a, of the past couple of years is a movie called Les Olympiades or Paris 13th District, which is based on some of his works. He did not. I don't believe he wrote the screenplay, but it was based on a couple of his graphic novels. I loved that movie. I liked this movie. Uh I liked it, but not as much as I wish I would have liked it. It's funny because it does have something in common with your movie, which is a very unlikable protagonist. Yes, that's what I hear. This unlikable protagonist is also named Ben. So I should love this movie because it's about an unlikable Ben. It's like it's written for me. But it, they really push his unlikable. There's a couple of things. There's a couple of issues I have with this movie broadly. So I'll tell you about a few issues and then I'll, I'll, I'll also make a pitch for it. He is so unlikable for so long and in ways that are almost kind of hard to believe. And it's so consistent. It's one of these things where they just push the idea of his unlikability to such an extreme extent that he seems pathologically interested in self-destruction. Now, mm. I think the character probably is being posed as someone who really wants to self-destruct, really wants things to just melt down around him. But it gets to the point where he picks fights with his girlfriend that are so silly and so unbelievable that it, it took me out of the movie a little bit. Mm -hmm. Basically, what, one of the main sort of inciting incidents early in the movie is she gets an opportunity to go to New York City. They live in, uh, they live in uh, San Francisco. They live in Berkeley. And he, she gets the opportunity to go to New York for some sort of Asian-American film institute internship. Right? She's plugged into the world of Asian-American cinema, the opening scene, they go see some movie at some festival that she's really excited about. It's it's basically, um, God, what was that movie that everybody loved? Crazy Rich Asians. They basically go and see a, a version of Crazy Rich Asians. Okay. And everybody's excited except for Ben, the main character, because he's a serious cineast. And he thinks this is all tripe. And he doesn't know why he should care about it just because it has representation. Yeah, he's yeah. kind of on that tip. You gotcha. know what, what? We don't just want representation at any cost. We want to make real movies. He's a failed filmmaker himself working at a, a, a small independent cinema in down, I guess, in downtown Berkeley. So 
she wants to go there. And even when she announces this to him immediately, he can't muster up and, oh, congratulations, I feel so good for you. He can't even do the basics of pretending that he's happy for her ever. Yeah. So right from the beginning, he's just terrible. He's clearly just a terrible, awful boyfriend. And it it makes... It's fine for him to be terrible, but he's not, he's not even terrible in a way that's believable. You know, he doesn't kind of do the oscillation of back and forth. There's really very little complexity to his character. He's just terrible, terrible, terrible until he has his final crisis at the end. And then I don't know. It's I don't think anything particularly unpredictable happens, but I also won't spoil it for you. Yeah. But so so he is to me, the character is a bit of a tough sell. The 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 foil to his character is oh god what what is her name I I gotta pull up the screen you're always the one who knows the name well she she's a, isn't it uh, Sherry Cola who's in uh, yeah she that's who's in Joyride friend. yeah and she I love her I love her and she's the one who gets to have a little bit more complexity in this movie and kind of be a foil to him in terms of sort of plotting a course that he might choose to follow to go from being because she starts out. She doesn't start out as kind of awful as he does, but she's definitely very immature. I mean, it's really about people who are not transitioning into adulthood. I mean, that's sort of, I mean, there's a lot of shortcomings that are in the movie. The, the title is is sort of uh, very encompassing yeah. right, of what's going on because the movie's about people's shortcomings of sure. various forms and, how, <laughs> and what forms those shortcomings can take. But the main shortcomings for Ben and Alice, who's played by Sherry Cola, is their inability to kind of tr- they're they're basically old children, right? And they mm, can't transition yeah. into adulthood. And so you get a very I mean it's funny, right? Because one of the things this movie is doing is really want, running back the Woody Allen formula for a for a different place in time, right? Sure. Very po- very talky movie, very talky movie, which I don't mind, although I will say that it does do the sort of ping pong camera dialogue thing that I always think is a little hack i mean that's terrible to say but i it, mean it, just it, just from first glance it almost it, it, stylistically it almost seems dated because it, it's trying to invoke like that mid 2000s indie you know that that american splendor ghost world those comic adaptations kind of inspired a a realm of the end the sundance indie and it felt oh, it's like definitely that. one of those it's definitely one of those yeah but i I like movies like that. Yeah, I sure. would always take more it movies like that. doesn't mean they're like bad. That. I'm just saying stylistically but I'm just it saying, looks like Even that. compared to, like, to me, American Splendor is still a, a spectacular movie. Great movie, right? Yeah. And and it does a, that movie does a lot of interesting things stylistically, right? It kind of pulls you in and out. It breaks the fourth wall in interesting ways with the actual Harvey P. Carr, right? And it's also just interesting subject material. I mean, I, I like this movie, but like I said, it's I wish that... You know, I mean, it, it really, it really is harmed by comparison to maybe one of the best movies still of this year, right? Which is, um, yeah, the movie we saw earlier. I'm just getting so old. Is now. it Past Lives uh, or <laughs> Past Lives? Past <laughs> yeah. Lives, right? Past Lives, another sort of relationship triangle movie that focuses on kind of Asian American, in that case, also Asian Canadian experiences. Yeah. That is very stylistically interesting and vibrant and weird and has characters in it that are very ambiguous, right? Very, three just very ambiguous characters, right? Here you get something a little different, right? The other thing it reminded me of a little bit is 
you know, I'm not a hater. I'm not a Lena Dunham hater, and I'm not a girls hater. I think some of the early girls is actually pretty good. Sure. But one thing that I did think was weird about girls is that it had this weird coexistence of pretty realistic characters with pretty unrealistic characters, which I always thought was kind of a jarring collision and a weird stylistic choice. Like at some point late in this movie, Tim- Timothy Simons pops up as kind of the other prong of one love, love triangle. And he plays a character that is just totally absurd and ridiculous. Yeah. Just a real wild character that is a complete joke. The character is played only for laughs. And in the middle of this movie, it's just a little bizarre. Mm-hmm. Like, it's just a little bizarre. Although Ben, to be honest, the main character is also a fairly one-dimensional character, which is part of the reason that the movie sometimes loses a little bit of steam. Yep. It's the women in the movie who get to have more levels, more dimensions. His estranged girlfriend, Miko, played by Ali Mackie, a- Alice, played by Sherry Cola, who gets to have the real arc in this movie, like the real well-developed arc, as opposed to kind of just a little moment at the end where, you know, maybe something happens for the character. So... Overall, I mean, I think a movie like this still has a lot more to offer than most of the stuff yeah, we see, yeah. especially the big budget stuff. But it, it definitely, especially compared to how much I loved Paris 13th District and how sort of rich and stylistically interesting and sort of uh, complex. I mean, I, I felt like that movie had really very interesting, believable, fully formed characters. This movie... Um, I don't know. It, it, it has some shortcomings. That'll be yeah. my tagline. Little, <laughs> shortcomings zingy, has some that's shortcomings. Little, that's a little zingy tagline. <laughs> well, you know, and I, 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 on the just impression of it, when I saw the trailer, I was like, you know what? Just on a tone, just on a subject matter, representation, sure, to like add that in. I'm sure that was a drive for some people. I was interested. I was interested. And I'm still, even even with talking through, it's it's not surprising to me that it has some things that like hold it down from being maybe something really truly great but it, i because it is something that has uh, more to offer than say blue beetle which is why we're not talking about that like i just have no energy to go and talk about yeah, a formulaic right, yes. superhero right, movie yes. i just can't do it right now uh maybe maybe in a couple months when the next one comes out maybe i'll have the energy but i just can't do that right now but i could i could be tempted to go to the cinema to watch shortcomings because just just because of the just because of what it is like i i i i feel like uh it, it might be worthwhile even if i'm i i i'm not surprised you have uh this reaction to it because i'm pretty sure i would have had the same but but sherry cola definitely one of my big rising stars i, I love great. her as an actor she is she is she can do funny she can do serious um, she is, she is very, she is very dynamic yeah. and exciting. Yeah. Very. And I've got a lot of, I got a lot of time for her. Yeah, me too. And I've got a lot of, I got a lot of, um, excitement about what, uh, what we're going to see from her. Me too. Because I think she, I think she's a real dynamic and exciting screen presence. And I'm, uh, I'm definitely, I'm definitely on her team. And like I said, I mean, there's, there's nobody in this, there's nobody, nothing about this movie that I think, oh, that's bad. It's just one of those things where you see something like this and you think, Okay, it's 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 got some of what I want, uh-huh. but uh, it's just it's just not like I said. I mean, I mean to have seen uh, like a, a a past lives, which to me is like, I mean, talk about a relationship sort of love triangle movie that's stuck in my head, yeah. Um, and that I think is just a real compelling and fresh and interesting, um, really brings some new shit to the table, right? Yeah. In in that in that genre. I can't say that this movie does that. No, no. Well, that's fair. Just, and 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 so so you know it's it's good, and I'm happy it exists. Okay, 
Well, I'm I'm gonna put it on my radar. I'm, I will eventually see it by the end of the year. That is a hundred percent certain. Um, well, so, so we've we've seen two movies uh, that we can talk about and criticize together. Um, I guess the first one being uh, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, um, which I I suppose I can just launch into it. I was surprised how much I did like it, and then in uh, as the more I think about it, it's not the most compelling kind of entity but uh it was an enjoyable watch when i when i first sat down i saw it with some children uh you know random children just so you know no katie had no. <laughs> i just yeah, joined them there. you're out there doing big brothers thing like who wants to see this movie kid no katie had some uh her friend was in town and her her kids uh came with her and we we hosted them like we her her friend had a job like a, a photography shoot, and so we went and took the kids to the movies and uh, you know hearing their reactions you know helped and, and enhanced my experience. Um, you know my my uh, love for Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles goes back to my early childhood yeah. days. Yeah, we grew up with this shit. Yeah, I I loved the early cartoon. I had toys. I, I mean, uh, Katie. Uh, is mad at me because at one point I did have a Technodrome, uh, like a full Technodrome t- uh, toy, and she's like, why did you give that away? I'm like, I didn't give that away. My parents gave that away when I was not no longer a child. Now, I wish I still had that, but... Um, so I love Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Uh, it, you know, a, a comic slash, like, toy uh, marketing ploy, you know, rendition that was started off as kind of a joke that turns into something really substantial with characters that are quirky and enjoyable and uh, represent um, a dynamic uh, array of spectrum of, of what is possible in the coming of age idea and then utilizing that in kind of comic book form. I like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. It's clear that the creators also like Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, but in a very particular specific way, like Seth Rogen's interpretation of it is not necessarily mine. And that's maybe where the overlap ends. But I'm curious, what did you think of the movie? Yeah, I liked it. I saw it with Carolina. She was into it. I like the animation style. Yes, yeah. I thought that was fun. Which is, Great. it's it's kind of borrowed at this point. I, I think it works because it is kind of comic book orientation. But, you know, Into the Spider-Verse, Across the Spider-Verse has kind of launched, pioneered this style. And they're just kind of following suit. I mean, I don't, I so so here's what I'll say. I don't think that the specific, I, I think that in general, I take your point. I, specific, I think specifically it's not particularly like Into the Spider-Verse. I mean, Into the Spider-Verse, those movies are interesting because they do so many different tricks. Different things, yeah. This, yeah. this movie is really just doing one trick yeah. and kind of exploring it, this kind of loose, free-form, kind of hand-drawn-looking style. Yeah. That being said, it's interesting. It's compelling to watch. Um, some some entertaining voice acting, some yeah, the, great, the, great the, soundtrack. The teenagers, I, the teenagers do give a touch of authenticity to it. You know, that the, the fact that they are young, the fact that they are acting young, to have young voices um, really enhances that. Yeah, yeah. It's definitely uh, kind of their, not quite their origin story, but very early on in their career as superheroes, right? Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think we, you and I had very similar responses. I enjoyed it. I found it entertaining. I don't think it's on the level of Into the Spider-Verse, but that's sort of not, you know, that's, that's a real top-tier animated movie. For sure. This is somewhere below that. Uh, but I enjoyed it. Yeah, Carolina enjoyed it. It's it's a fun watch. It does some interesting things 
visually. Yeah, I think it's I think it's good. I think it's good. I think I think um people who want to see it should see it. If you wanted to see it, you probably have seen it. The kid probably. will probably enjoy it. If you have nostalgia for the Ninja Turtles, you'll probably enjoy it. It has some life and energy to it. Yes, it doesn't feel I mean, we, we're always slagging on superhero movies. It doesn't feel like they're just milking the last IP for the last thing in the world they can get out of it. It feels fresh. It feels it feels that it actually has love and affinity for the subject matter and the material. Yeah, it's good. I mean, I don't know that I have anything interesting to say about it. You know, that's yeah. the thing. that's the problem with movies like this is is I don't. I don't know that I have anything particularly interesting to say about well, this movie. It, I mean, it's uh, narratively, it's and thematically, it's treading uh, ground that we, we that that has been done before in the superhero genre itself. I mean, uh, the the whole concept goes back to X Men. Yeah, right? yeah, that's what's interesting about the latest Spider Verse movie is that it's it's actually talking about something different. Yeah, right. It's talking about this idea of our obsession with certain stories. Yeah, and how we don't like to see those stories touched. Right. This whole idea of the canon. Whatever you think about that line of inquiry, and I'm not sure what I think about it, to be honest, because it feels a bit self-referential and it feels a bit niche. I mean, I think it feeds – I mean, the more I think about that particular aspect of the last Spider-Verse movie, I find myself thinking, in a way, it's sort of self-important, right? It's, <laughs> it's, it's self-important in engaging in this dialogue, which is a bit niche, but how niche is it really? I mean, this is one of the great phenomena of our time, right, is that things that I used to think – we see this in politics a lot, but we also see it in fandom and pop culture. Things that I used to think were very niche and confined to the internet aren't anymore because we're all on the internet, mm-hmm. right? We're all on the internet and everyone has had their brain poisoned by online dialogue, right? So all of a sudden you hear people talking about, you know, whether it's, you know, the latest sex panic or, you know, whether the little mermaid should be black or whatever, right? We're just inundated with the latest culture war bullshit. And so I guess even though it's a little bit self-referential and it feels niche to engage in this debate about canon and about what you can or can't do to a superhero, you change their background, you change their race, can you change this key story beat? Is that important? Is that essential? Are you somehow violating the contract you have with the fans of that particular thing? Yeah. At what point do you violate that contract? How do we respond? D- does responding a certain way make you a shithead? Yeah. Ten years ago, that would have felt to me very inside baseball. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But now it probably isn't, which yeah. I think bespeaks ill of for our culture. <laughs> because I think that the more people that are That's true. having their brains melted by this kind of niche stuff, is probably not good. Yeah. Although, honestly, better that they pour themselves. I mean, if it's not, I don't know. There's so many different layers and textures to this. And like we talk about all the time, everything is politically coded now. If they pour their energy into things like sports and pop culture, that's probably better than pouring it into insane political conspiracy theories. Nevertheless, these things all seem to run together now. And yeah. It seems that everyone... You know, it seems that there's an odd correlation between people who are, say, MAGA and people who are really upset if the new Spider-Man is Afro, you know, Afro-Latino <laughs> or the new Little Mermaid is black or whatever they're, whatever they're pissed off. Something about the seven dwarfs, they're not dwarfs anymore. I don't know. They're, they're just they're not just people. 
you know. It's not. It's a nonstop <laughs> onslaught of grievance. Yeah, but that's really the thing. That's really the thing, and it, it it's understandable, but it's also extremely tiresome. Which is the extent to which our cultural dialogue is a nonstop airing of grievances about basically everything. Which to bring it back to Ninja Turtles, this, this is obviously not. For better or for worse, it's not attempting to be al courant in that sense, no. right? It's got this. You're right. It's got the classic. They're outsiders. They're trying to do their best. Nobody likes them. They want to be accepted, but when you're a giant rat and a giant turtle, it's hard to be accepted, even if you're good, because people are superficial. Blah, yeah. blah, 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 blah. Yeah. It's very, it's very well worn territory. It's very appropriate for young people, teenagers. I mean, this is this is. You know, I think in the credits, doesn't Seth Rogen call himself a lifelong teenager? I mean, this is a story yeah. by a, this is a story. These are stories of a very, as all comic books ultimately begin, is they're adolescent stories. Yeah, yeah. They're stories about feeling that you're extremely unique and trying to make your way in the world despite your feelings of alienation. Yeah, they're, they're all coming of age, you know, coming of power movies, and they follow that trajectory quite well. Um, and, and I mean, and. There, there's supposed to be lessons of that variety. I was impressed by the movie. Um, not, not often do you get a focus, an, a character arc focus for Leonardo, who is usually typically defined as the stick in the mud. Uh, you know, the the leader, and he's the one who's preventing them. He's the one who's, and and that is the same story, but they oriented in his arc, and uh, he got a lot of focus here. That uh, he and Donatello got more focus on, say, Michelangelo and Raphael, Raph being typically the protagonist of most Ninja Turtles comics uh, and and uh, media. So I actually didn't didn't mind that change of focus, like that reorientation of like the same story but from a very specific angle. And um, so to, to kind of bring it into this way of changing, as you said, like we live in a culture of like, do we change the, the, the origin? Do we change the impetus of of the story and they do a little bit of that uh especially with splinter split splinter story as well you know a father trying to you know protect his children uh, which is is typical of the character but in this one they forego his his japanese heritage uh which is a pretty noticeable change and yet you know as as it was weaved into the 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 logic of this adaptation and this world it didn't necessarily matter i understand why they did it they why they cast jackie chan it's it's kind of a cynical money ploy because they wanted this movie to play in chinese theaters um and it's because if you have a japanese actor doing that they would not necessarily it would not necessarily do as well um so i, I it is kind of a cynical ploy but it doesn't necess- it doesn't come off as one it just co- comes off as integrated into the movie yeah it it certainly doesn't um i mean i didn't even I wasn't even immediately where it was Jackie Chan. So, I mean, you know, <laughs> at the end, I was like, oh, yeah, of course that was Jackie of Chan. Of course it, it was Jackie Chan. <laughs> it didn't jump out at me. So, I mean, I don't know. Yeah. But, yeah, I mean, sure. You know, these things get made to make money. I can't, you can't, you know, you can't be too upset about that. At this no, point. no. Yeah, and not this one, anyways. I mean, no, not better. this one. I mean, this one is meant to be kind of... uh an inoffensive, enjoyable ride, and it is, and it's visually interesting. I mean, they throw so m- it's almost to its detriment. They throw so many characters. I mean, they're like Wingnut, Leatherhead, 
yeah, they, they really is Frog. a rogues gallery. They really go rogues gallery on this. One. Rogues gallery, and the only one who comes out shining, I think, is Paul Rudd's Mondo Gecko, who has, uh, who I think played it incredibly well. Um, but the the rest kind of get lost in, in it. Yeah, and, yeah, the, yeah. I mean, outside of the main villain, right? It's yeah. So, oh, oh no, I, I did like it was uh, Ice uh, Ice Cube uh, was yeah. Superfly. Very interesting. Again, uh, talk about origin stories being changed. You know, Baxter Stockman is supposed to be Superfly, but then it's like this creation, this kind of uh, connection, connective tissue child yeah. to him, which is fine. I, it's and and I think I think Ice Cube does a really good job as well. As yeah, a, Cube is good. Great old school hip hop soundtrack. Yeah, yeah, just a fun movie. Fun yeah. movie. Kids like it. It's fun. Yeah. I'm, what I, else do you want it to be? I think Katie said uh, she'd watch the sequel. She doesn't know if she would rewatch this movie. Like, go out of her way to rewatch it. Maybe if it was casually on, she might sit down. But she is interested in what they continue. Apparently, there's going to be a TV show and maybe another movie. Uh, but she's interested in to see how they carry on this world. Well, yeah, um, they tease. They tease the shredder. You know, you know, you, we know shredder. The I mean, Utram is essentially um, Krang. You know, they come from that that place, and so that they, that's already been hinted. And I've so, been Krang fan. I, Krang I'm a Krang fan. fan. Absolutely. One uh, one of the more uh, excellent uh, comic book villains of all time. Amazing. Yeah. Just, just sort of. <laughs> Just sort of taking the whole like Doctor Doom archetype to like a really wild place, yeah, right? It's fun Visu- uh, visually as well. I love the visual <laughs> of Krang. Um, uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it, it is what it is, and it it was, um, it, it yeah, it was just fine. It was fine, and fine, fine can be good. Fine, can, you know, especially yeah, with need, movies. We need these, these days. movies. We're happy when these movies are good. Yeah, we're happy when we go to the multiplex to see some top level whatever tentpole tentpole adjacent movie and it's good we're happy with that that's you know like you know i i always say this and i'll say it again i want all these movies to be good yes i always want them to be good i never want them to be bad yeah sometimes they are bad i can't help that yeah we can't i don't want to sit here and shit on these movies i'd like them to be good and i i mean to be fair there's plenty of smaller independent movies i've shit on too so i i don't I, I want these movies to be a lot of fun to watch, and sometimes they are. I mean, we've liked a lot of the bigger movies. Yeah, the superhero stuff is just in such a cul-de-sac at this point. Yeah, I agree. It's, that's a real tough one for me. Me too. It's just in such a. It's in. It's. I just don't know what other. I mean, I'm sure someone will come along and think of something, right? But yeah. at this moment, it just feels. It just feels really tapped out. No. Yeah. Which it should be. I mean, we've been we've been at this for two decades now. It yeah. should be. We should be at at sort of the exhaustion looking at it, point. Thinking, oh, yeah. I don't know. I don't know how much more we got gold. I, gold there is in these hills. We might have got you know. I, <laughs> I drink your milkshake, right? The, the, the claims are all. Oh, yeah. The yeah. claims are all tapped out. All tapped out. All dry. No, it's true. Well, we also saw uh, interesting, uh, and I'll I'll use that word. On my end, um, in a generous way, an interesting uh, wide release. Although I think it's it's partial wide release, studio sci-fi satire comedy, the landscape with invisible hand. Which when I, uh, by the way, not a lot of marketing, not a lot of trailers. Like I, I, I go to the movies a lot, and I never saw a trailer for this movie. I saw a, po- a poster on the wall at the AMC, and I was like, "What is that?" And I saw it was directed by Corey Finley who did Thoroughbreds, which I did like. And I'm like, that's interesting. I, it got put on my radar because of that. 
And I've seen some trailers up to that point, um, but not enough to really understand what it was because I don't think the studio, once it was created, once they had it, understood what it was at all. And uh, almost to its detriment, I, I, uh, to, to put it out, I love science fiction. I love what science fiction has the capability of the commentary of our modern day and uh, the, the issues that, that they can exacerbate and tool with and we can uh, learn from that. And it, it Landscape with Invisible Hand is essentially that. It's a movie, uh, it, uh, maybe a lot of people out there have not heard of it. I, I imagine that is the typical case. Uh, it is about uh, alien species called the Vuv who come and uh, may, you know, try and give us uh, advanced technology, try and give us uh, a different way of life that they see as superior. And our governments don't want to work with them, but our business people do. And so it overthrows the, the state of the world as a constant kind of consumerist dystopia there are people there there are multiple layers of people there are people who are fortunate to live in their uh, derelict homes but then there are homeless people and then there are people who live literally above the world it's kind of kind of like elysium uh if if you think of the neil blomkamp actioner with uh, uh matt damon back in the day it has similar commentary a similar societal structure and uh what was I think unfortunate for me because I liked things about this movie. I liked various ideas about this movie, but I thought it was a little too distracted or maybe a little too bloated with the ideas. And so it moved from one idea to the next. And and I know it's based off a novel and maybe the novel like captures that kind of maneuvering in a better way. But I, I didn't think the characters were interesting enough to follow through into this world. So I'm, I'm a little negative about it, but appreciative about a movie like this that exists. So I'm, I'm curious, Ben, what did you think of that? I, I, I love this movie. I okay. I'm, I'm glad you loved it because but, like, but, but, I, but this, this, let's talk about the real reason. Yeah. Let's talk about the real reason. This movie is about capitalism. Well, hundred percent. This movie is about, this movie is about capitalism and you and I have different feelings about capitalism. Sure. So, so that, that may explain part of our, our difference about this movie. I mean, this movie is about the. I think part of the reason that they, you know, I, how conspiratorial should I be? I mean, this movie is a direct assault on the people who paid for it or the people who would distribute it. Yeah, right? that's true. Like the people at the top. So how excited they would be about people seeing it? But I do think it's also maybe a bit of a hard sell because it's depressing because it feels so current, right? Yeah, yeah. This slowly ebbing away feeling of agency, feeling of control, feeling that you matter, feeling that you have any ability to determine, you know, anything about your life, that you're just going to sort of watch your opportunities, watch your ability to do what you want to do, watch your material circumstances just slowly, slowly, slowly bleed away, right? Because the the vogue are, are actually... It's funny, right? Because you might first think the movie was about some kind of colonialism. It does yeah. have a certain touch of that. Sure. But the truth is, the Vov are much nicer to us than we ever were, or any of the major imper- imperial powers ever were to the people they colonized. Yeah, yeah. And when Dole Fruit Company shows up someplace to take over, they just kill people who get in the way. They yeah. just install a junta and they kill people, right? So the Vov are much nicer to us than 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 we were, right? 
when we were in this position. But they just sort of slowly bleed out. Like one of the main conflicts in the movie is this idea that if they're angry at you, they'll just kind of sue you into oblivion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah. you'll have no sort of recourse. Yeah. You'll have no real – I mean, in theory, you have access to procedural justice. But just like if you're sued by a large corporation now, if you're one of those kids that got sued because you downloaded 13 songs on Napster or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right? If you get sued for some weird computer thing you did, right, uh, you know, if you're, I don't know, someone who's locked in prison because you offended the government, right, if you're Julian Assange, yeah, if yeah, you're yeah. Chelsea Manning, yeah. they'll just lock you up. And yes, do you have rights? Are you protected? I guess in theory, some sure. would say, some would say you have some rights, but it doesn't really matter. Mm. I mean, there was a great story. Um, there was a guy named Stephen Donziger who just got off house arrest after spending a couple years in essentially an under house arrest because he refused to turn over his documents that he had uh, created as an attorney successfully suing. I want to believe it's Chevron in, I want to say, gosh, was it Panama, Nicaragua? I'll have to look into it. And uh, he refused to turn over these documents. Uh, the, the prosecutors in New York wouldn't prosecute him. So the judge appointed a private prosecutor to prosecute him. And he was put under house arrest in contempt of court for not turning over documents that he shouldn't have to document for successfully having sued yeah. a large yeah, corporation. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can just do this shit to you. They can do they just do this shit to you. And so I thought this movie. See, I did find the characters more compelling. I did think the dynamic between the people and the families was very honest and very well, the way it, that it kind of that way that it was kind of slippery. They were happy. They weren't happy. They liked each other. They didn't like each other. I thought the movie was a very honest movie about like I really liked the way it handled all the relationships because it didn't it didn't ever sort of it felt to me very honest in that the things kind of kept on permutating and permutating in a way and it didn't it didn't lock into anything extreme or anything. You know, I thought the way it handled all those relationships was very smart and good. Well, no, and I, I want to. I'm not. I'm not saying this is a bad movie. There was just there was a lot going on in it, and it was a matter of idea to idea whether it was being promoted or effectively character driven uh, for me. And and some of the acting at times and the pacing of the movie does a disservice to the the entire flow of it like i'm not saying this movie doesn't work in in its its ideas or its its theories its its uh its metaphor i think it does i think it it mostly works in that way and uh, it's it's just like i like i was i found the lead actor the the young black actor to be very captivating and i should i should get their names up like we should i should bring i got it i got it you always do it asante black Asante Black. Black. He's I thought he was good. The girlfriend was okay. Like, you know, I and and a lot of the dynamics between them, especially uh in the kind of beginning social media chapter, uh as as they are kind of promoting their natural quote unquote relationship and budding romance as that it leads them down to that sense of dissatisfaction. And and a lot of time because because you're trying to promote the ideal I like the ideas of that chapter. I was, I was, I was intrigued by the rhythms, the story rhythms, and the ideas. I just found some of the performances to be 
okay and 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 it kind of in and, and it, it it affected the pacing for me a little bit that's what i mean by it i don't think it, it's like a failure in totality i think tiffany haddish works in in some ways and then in others when she becomes more of the why she gets hired the kind of comedic uh voice when she i mean it's it's fun when she's like talking down to her her vov husband uh, who has this idea of her? I mean, it's it's satisfying in a way because she has a little bit of control, a little bit of power in that moment. But I don't, I don't know. There, there's some of it feels. See, a I, little... I, but I thought that was good too because I they took a long time to uncork that, right? They sure. really built up to that. Yeah, I thought she was good, and I I think yeah, I she think was that's good. Ex- I mean, you can see why she executive produced this movie because it's yeah. like here's a role she can do that's a little more interesting and dynamic. It isn't just her. You know, I mean, she's hilarious. Like, she's a legitimately excellent comedian, comedic actor. She's got real chops. Yes. But here's a here's a movie that lets her actually kind of play against that and play against that and play against that until she gets to like one moment, really, where she kind of uncorks a little bit. And and then they, I can see why this would be like an attractive role for. I think so. Well, and it's such a weird movie. It is such a weird concept um, for for any any sort of money to be involved in it in the first place. So it, it does really take a Tiffany Haddish to get this made and that's kind of impressive brad regard. pitt also an brad pitt who's, who's, done yeah. a, who's, who's put his money behind a lot of interesting movies yeah yeah credit B- where credit plan, is plan he's, b he's plan definitely b. he's definitely out there like trying to get interesting interesting good movies i know made. i know so, people talk about to him yeah i know people talk about a24 annapurna all those companies that pioneer independent voices but plan b has been doing it much longer and i think with much more success uh, i think brad pitt does put a lot of emphasis on interesting unique and relevant kind of storytelling and i do think this this is in their in their purview this is in their uh, their penumbra, and I I really enjoyed that. I also liked the 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 separation between the two families. Like you know, we have at the head Tiffany Haddish and her and her children, but then we have who who's a great actor, Josh Hamilton. Uh, if people people might know him from Eighth Grade, he played the dad in Eighth Grade, and he's incredible in that. I almost was petitioning for him to get like a Best Supporting Actor nomination at the time, and him as this sort of disenfranchised but also desperate to like sell himself into the the new mold the new corporatized mold uh with his family he's got uh, uh james gandolfini's son michael gandolfini plays his kid i th- I thought that dynamic is mostly humorous throughout and d- does a good job to show the the how how this 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 world this dystopian idea which is reflective of our own pits us against each other rather than lo- looks if, up if you look at, if you look at this list by the way just a little digression of yeah, these, yeah. of the things that Brad put his has produced and executive produced i mean it's wild i know it's I incredible mean, i mean blonde uh underground railroad uh minari i mean I read No Way, which is a show I really liked and think kind of got short shrift. Yeah. Last Black Man in San Francisco, Vice, which I didn't love, but still, if Beale Street could talk, Okja, Lost City of Zed, Moonlight. I mean, this is amazing, right? I mean, yeah. he really has he really has been like Yeah, I mean, respect to that guy, right? Talk about like using your your money and your platform and your star power to get a lot of I agree. interesting good shit made that probably wouldn't have gotten made if you weren't there getting it done. So respect to Brad Pitt. Yeah. We put some respect on his name. But talk about another reason you brought it up. Another reason why this movie would be like unattractive, both to the people trying to sell it, but also as a marketing proposition, is it's exactly right about social media, right? The sort of just 
the the kind of denigration and the self-humiliation that we encourage people to undergo for you know for profit most of whom will never make a dime right yeah we're all feeding content into this beast we're just feeding content into it very personal or personal seeming content because i think the movie also gets that dynamic right of what happens when you start to think about this being observed right when you start to perform as opposed to just live right i mean you know this when she tells him to like be himself right yeah this this constant implication that you need to be authentic right to sell yourself online to people is just so pervasive in the way that we perceive ourselves and the way we operate in the world these days and I thought the movie got that dynamic really well. Very, very well. And that's another yeah. thing that not a lot of movies even now are really trying to get at. So, I mean, I think that this movie, that's one of the things that impressed me about it the most, is it's trying to get at a lot of things that are very au courant. And that regardless of whatever you think about the underlying causes, right, or however we would diagnose that. I mean, the social media thing at this point, I think, is so well-worn as to be almost not worth talking about. For sure. How shitty and deleterious that is. But however you would diagnose the reasons for this sense of economic and personal stagnation, I think that that feeling is very real, Yeah. right? That feeling that there just isn't a lot to look forward to. Well, there isn't a lot of opportunity and there's not much you can really do about it. Yeah. That well, your decisions are being made literally by people who are very far away. You don't know why. And you really don't know how, right? Yeah, yeah. And there's such a falseness, not only a falseness to the social media, obviously. I think that one's more direct. But as the movie goes on, there's this like minor hope that uh, that what you have is maybe your own sense of expression that you can hold on to. And uh, Asante Black, as he maneuvers through this world, is really is his story. How he is. Um, trying to understand his place, trying to understand who he is with, uh, you know, his mother's influence, direct mother's influence, a wonderful scene with William Jackson Harper, who plays his father, comes in to kind of complicate the picture. This is a coming of age within dystopia story, and uh, it, it maneuvers that character very well, and I think that that's to its benefit. And when yeah, it comes, and also it's funny. You, oh, you go oh, ahead. Oh no, no. But then when it comes to the end, you know, about him getting appreciated at first, or at, at you know, at, at least the suspicion that he is being appreciated for his own, because he is an artist. He and he has got vision. He's got touch. He's got expression. And he does. He he almost vomits out his expression into a wonderful uh, mural that is supposedly uh, appreciated by the Vov and then censored. And then it takes into the realm of the movie you're watching itself is 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 about the industry, you know, and and our our sense of what is authentic, what is authentic expression, and can we actually. When, when it's in the hands of people who have the, the money and have the, that the control of that expression, how authentic of that voice per, persists. But it's but it's, so, it's such a funny sequence because yeah. going back to what I said about the Vov being in some ways less bad than us, it it goes to something that's really funny in this movie, right? Which is the Vov fail to co-opt him because they're just not good at it, right? Sure. It's just too... That, like people get co-opted in such more subtle ways, right? And because they don't understand 
and this is kind of one of the plot lines through the movie, they don't understand our ways, but they want to. They can't co-opt him effectively because they're too ham-fisted. It's about true. It, right? It's true. Yeah. They can't co-opt him because they don't understand human beings well enough to. They just think, oh, he'll take the money and we'll give him the credit and that'll be good enough, right? So, so the, the problem with their with what happens for them is is really because he's willing to take the money from them in spite of everything that's happened, but they can't they can't be subtle about it the way that we would be, right? Yeah, when yeah. When artists get co-opted now, they, they do it in a much more subtle fashion, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah. And that's and that's how it works. But I was just going to say in terms of Josh Hamilton, I love Josh Hamilton in this movie. I will say we talk a lot about how <laughs> movies, movies aren't funny. Or he puts on the wig. Laugh. I love the, it. The, the moment when they do the reveal with him with the wig is one of the best laughs, laughs I've had recently. Like That's the good. moment they, they walk and it's, and it's such a perfect moment because it, it has the classic cinematic quality of being both extremely surprising, but also making perfect sense. Right. Yeah. Like you have that moment of recognition where you laugh because it's just a funny sight gag. And then you're like, Oh yeah, of course he did that. Yeah. Of course he did. Yeah. That. That's who, that's where this was building to. Right. And so I, I mean, like I said, I really like the characters. I like the way they interweave. I agree with you that there's a lot going on, but I think the movie manages that. I mean, whether like that last little bit where he goes to the spaceship and whatever, whether that feels a bit tacked on, I don't know. It does seem like it goes like one, two, one more, one or two more places than maybe makes sense. Although I, I'm not sure because I ended up finding that less like when, when they, when he started to go up to the spaceship, I was, I was thinking, is this really necessary? How much further do we need to go with this? But it does have one more beat that I think is is worth having. And that kind of brings the thing full circle in a nice way. But yeah, I mean, I think that this movie is just getting at a lot of stuff that certainly I'm I'm feeling and that is deeply on my mind. I also think, incidentally, that in contrast to something like Shortcomings, I really love the cinematography in this movie, too. It was I interesting, for, yeah. For, for a very, like, I, I thought the movie did a lot of interesting things with the way people interacted with the way they were blocked with the way that with the, where they put the camera at different times for different kinds of interactions and conversations. I really liked that a lot. And I thought that that was very dynamic and compelling and interesting in a way that a lot of other movies seem to be opting for something much more paint by numbers. It is a unique feeling movie, not only, not only in visual, in the visual sensibilities, but in, in the tone it, and and that's what what captivated me. I think through the majority of my watches, I was like, "This just is different." And we we do need a little more of that. Whether whether or not I think it coalesces completely, um, I, I think it it it's it's more of a success than it is not. Um, and it yeah, might... I mean, sl- yeah, slightly quieter, um, non IP driven, contemporary oriented science fiction. Right? We just don't get a ton of. Um, I guess arrival comes to mind as something that yeah, has some yeah. that has some meaningful similarities between this and that. I mean, they're they're getting at very sort of different things. I think. Yeah, that one being but, a very uh, more dramatic, uh, more more atmospheric and dramatic. This one is more satirical uh, at its core. Yeah, but but it has a certain kind of. Um, both of the movies have a kind of. I mean, that's another thing I really like about this movie is that. Um. It does. It's not. It's not a very bombastic movie, yeah. right? And I like that a lot. I like movies that are not, you know, that go into this genre territory, but with with very little bombast. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. That are a little quieter, 
that are a little more personal, that are a little more, um, a little more deeply felt, right? And yeah. so I, I really like that about it. Well, and and I I don't have much more to say, but I I oddly and and I know I came in like you know with with initial negative kind of connotation, but really I. I do appreciate this movie and it, that it exists. And honestly, I uh, the fact that there was nobody in my theater, it shows you there was no belief, no marketing value to this movie. They, they just don't understand it. And yet, I do think it needs to be seen in some sort of yeah, way. Yeah, well, it's, but it's but it's not it's neither fish nor fowl, right? It's not a small you know it's not shortcomings or one of these small independent movies. Nor is it a big budget science fiction movie it's something in between and we've all been talking about how those movies in between get squeezed out and i think this is getting squeezed out and i do think that you know you do i mean even without getting conspiratorial i i certainly think that someone sitting there making marketing decisions is going to say well this movie's kind of a downer it's a little (laughs) too close to home it's a little too close to home right so are we really going to put a big push behind it yeah. I mean, it's you know, it's going to get lost in the sauce, and that's unfortunate because I really liked it. And in any case, I think it's more interesting than a lot of other shit. But this happens. Movies get lost. Movies get lost in the sauce, and maybe it'll have a, a second life on streaming. You know, you never know, right? These things can always kind of come back and come around and make an impression here or there. Maybe, you know, maybe it'll pick up an audience. Uh, you know, it could have a little bit of cult energy. You never really know. Yeah. Although it's hard, right? I mean, there's just too much content. We've talked about this a million times. You know, there's too much stuff. There's I think, too much stuff out there. I think I know why. I just it just came to my mind. Uh it's a very personal reason why maybe things didn't coalesce for me. And it no, it's not the economics of it, Ben. It's the <laughs> end. It's the end. Um I have a real problem with movies. And uh, by the way, this 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 happens in the world. It does happen in in life where people do forgive, do come together in a certain way. I'm not saying that the relationship comes together, but the, initially this relationship where she is very shallow, not not in looks, but just in the kind of integration that she can utilize for her self benefit and uses, um, you know, Asante Black's character. And then uh, at the end, they come to kind of an understanding because it, it, she it, she continues her actions throughout the movie. She dates uh, other guys. She's like trying to promote herself and uh, make money in that in the only ways that they can. And I understand that in that kind of context, in that kind of dystopia, that there should be a little more understanding of why people make those survival t- tools and why they make those decisions. But it reminds me of the movie yesterday where he's like this famous artist. He's got this manager and she believes in him even when he's not famous and he treats her like garbage. And then in the end, he's like, no, I value you. And it's kind of inverse. It's not, it's it, because that's his story. It comes off more grating to me in this movie. It's his story. He's the one who's been um, betrayed. He's the one who's been left adrift in his sense of love. And she comes back to him, but I, he's too good for her. And that's, that's really what it comes down to. <laughs> I mean, the reconciliation at the end is very minor. It's right? minor. I, I know. If I they know. get back together. That's not a good ending. I agree. That's too much. I agree. But the just the opening of a door to say maybe we could be okay with maybe each we could other. be friends. Maybe maybe. Yeah, maybe we understand. Yeah. Maybe. Yeah, I know. Uh, I, it's, it's, I thought it's that a was. Thing. I thought that was a fine ending. I thought that that worked. It's a little. I I I, I agree with you. 
Uh, if it had been more than that, that would have been yeah. struck a false note. Very but, much so. But because I mean, but also I mean, the way I read that relationship, I do think she liked him initially. I don't think that was a put on. I no, I I, I do real. as well. I do as well. It it's it, and then it's when. I, and I, I think it's ventured well when social media, when this like expectation, it starts to like warp and damage. Well, and, and not just social media, but like, your, your livelihood. I yeah. mean, that's really yeah. the thing, right? Your livelihood starts to depend on it and their kids. And it's, you know, in the first week of their relationship, like, of course that would fuck it up. Yeah. Right? Of course that would fuck it up. That would fuck up anything. Right. I mean, that would just fuck up anything. For sure. So I, I thought her sort of, and I, but I think in a way that also, I mean, when she brings that stuff to full consciousness, when she talks about it later in the movie, I think I find her character to be sort of interestingly sympathetic. I mean, he because he is sort of the dreamer. He is the one who wants to believe he in is. something like artistic expression, and she's the hard-headed realist. And I think it's a good dynamic, and they're good foils for each other. Because they both have a point. It's right? true. I mean, it works because they both have a point. It's not like she doesn't have a point. No. Right? I mean, in terms of the degrading things people might do to survive when their survival is really in question, you know, I could do worse. Yeah. Right? I yeah, could no, certainly no. do worse. For sure. For so, sure. No, so I, I you know, understood. I like this movie. Uh, you got to get back here. Kyle, you yes. can't stay there. Well, I was going to say, uh, I will be back for next week. Did you want to do Bottoms? Uh, the uh, the, fight, with, the high school fight club? Lynch, right? I'm, Lynch. I'm so, the rise. It's funny because I think part of this was predicated on there's this show that some of the, I want to say it was someone like Will Arnett maybe or someone. These people, you know, they do this sort of um, fake detective show. Where they bring on one, everyone knows the script except for the celebrity that they bring, outsider celebrity they bring in. Do you know about this? Have you I've, ever heard of this show? I've heard of it, but I have not. Uh... And so uh, I think Marshawn Lynch has a star turn. Some some friends of mine showed me this, and it was pretty funny. And now he's becoming an actor, which you know that's an exciting development for me. He I'm lo- excited he, for him. He looks fun, and the movie looks fun. Uh, you know, and so I. I, I could be in for a bit of late summer. The fun. reference to cocaine bear in the trailer does nothing for me. No, that no, does nothing for me. That, that, that's, that's, not a, that's not a marking strategy I saw, for us. I saw. I saw. Because, I'll go see bottoms. But because I talked about it, I now get like social media pushes. And there was a funny one where she's like, "We we should train people." She's trying to pitch her friend like, "We should train people and like do self defense." She's like, "We are not qualified for that." She goes, "Men." Men push that agenda all the time. They sell things that they they're not qualified for. This is feminism. She's like, you're not a feminist, uh, and you have no interest in feminism. Your favorite show is Entourage, and I was like, that's a funny joke. I'm I'm in. I'm 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 good for it. So bottoms, and if if you have time, Gran Turismo, I suppose maybe okay. we should talk about. <laughs> if I got time, I got a lot of time for that. Uh, Murderville is the name of the show. Murderville. It's okay. Murderville. And they, they, yeah, the premise is there's, it's sort of a, it's almost like a game they play where you're, it's their job to guess who the, uh, who the killer was. I've heard of the, yes, I have heard of this. And it's, it is Will Arnett. Will Arnett is the, is the main. I like, character. I like Will Arnett. Well, maybe I'll go check it out before we see Bottoms. But, uh, yeah, why don't we do Bottoms and Gran Turismo if we have time for both, uh, next week? I'll definitely, I'll definitely see Bottoms. 
All right. You'll say that much. I'm impressed you're going for Gran Turismo. Well, right. I almost like have. So Katie just edited a video for somebody who did a video essay on it. And I almost have to see it just to be like, how did they pull so much bullshit out of their, their essay? I need well, to it's just, it does. It. it does have a pod favorite, David Harbour, in it. So oh, that's, that's true. He, he's in it. <laughs> And uh, Orlando yeah. Bloom, I like Orlando, Orlando Bloom, Bloom, who's a forgotten man. I feel like, yeah, I, I, I Orlando Bloom was kind of a big guy. It's for because an hour it's and because Katy Perry, kind of Katy Perry makes all the money, man. That's, <laughs> are yeah. they? They're still but, together, but saying, right? I, I feel like circa. I have no idea, but I feel like circa Pirates of the Caribbean, he was an up and coming movie star. Oh, and obviously Lord of the Rings. Oh, for too, sure. No, yeah, his partner is still no. Katy Perry. Like he's he's fine. He's doing fine. I mean, I, you know, yeah, I mean, I guess I hate working, so why, why would I? <laughs> no, why, why don't, I yeah, well, I, have to? I will be checking it out on only to complete my, uh, my Neil Blomkamp, uh, journey. I, I, I love District 9 and have been perpetually disappointed ever since, uh, with Neil Blomkamp. So, uh, you know, Gran Turismo has just got to be on the list. So, uh, maybe we could watch Gran Turina. <laughs> Gran Torino, Gran get, get off Gran my lawn. <laughs> Double feature. <laughs> we'll compare and contrast there. Okay, good job, good job, buddy. Good job to you, sir. Killing uh, it. We'll we'll talk next week. Okay, brother. Bye bye.